You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raise to Empower podcast. Today, we're going to explore a topic that bridges the gap between both our personal and our business and professional life. This podcast isn't just about growing our practice or expanding or building a private practice, but it's also about finding ways that we take care of ourselves as just simply human beings. Today's topic is something that I see come up a lot in conversation among other therapists. And I feel like there can sometimes be feelings of shame or embarrassment or even some stigma around. And that's the importance of prioritizing our own mental health by having our own therapist and seeking out our own therapeutic support or even when to seek out our th- our own therapist or, or begin going to counseling. I think there's a deep need for us to really talk about this because it's something I've seen in my own life and it's something I've definitely seen my colleagues struggle with as well. You know, I'm always really surprised when I talk with fellow colleagues and I find out that even though they are a therapist or a counselor or a social worker and that they encourage their clients or people that they work with to see a therapist I'm always really surprised when they say that they've never seen a therapist of their own. And it's not like out of judgment that I'm having this surprise. It's not like a, oh, that's a shame you should you should have done this. But it, it more so is a surprise that they're in this field and haven't experienced that process or this experience themselves and that they haven't gone down the path that we're encouraging clients to do which is open up to someone else to address their own struggles or challenges. One of the things that I'm really grateful for when I think back on my experience in grad school is I want to say maybe in the first semester of the program, our professors really encouraged us to begin seeing our own counselor, if we, especially if we hadn't done it before. We had a free counseling center that was part of our our school's program. And that was my first experience with seeing a counselor. And I started doing that during my grad school program. And at the time when I was deciding to to begin that, I was I was really having to do my own work. There was just a variety of different things that I was struggling with and facing in my own life as someone, you know, in my 20s and venturing out onto life on my own. And it really helped me to begin finding myself and working through some some difficult experiences that I've had. But it also opened up my eyes to the process, to what therapy looks like as somebody sitting on the couch as a client. It allowed me to know what that process looked like, but then to also work on myself. 
And so I continued through my whole grad school program. I saw a counselor regularly, I think pretty much weekly for at least two or three semesters. And as I was approaching graduation, you know, I even made a decision at that point that I was going to continue to see my own therapist, partially because I still had stuff to work on as I was preparing to graduate, but that I really wanted that to become a form of my own self-care. There have definitely been points over the years as I have worked with a therapist, and I've actually been very fortunate to have, for the majority of my time, the same therapist that I had when I was in my grad school program. So I've worked with her for years and there's been different points in my you know, therapeutic process with her where it's not like I was actively working on something specific that I needed to be in therapy week to week. I was more so in like a maintenance mode kind of place. And we would have conversations around like, is, is it time for discharge? And I always said, you know, back in grad school, I made that decision that I wanted therapy to be really a form of self-care for myself. That even if I don't need it to go, you know, weekly, that it's something that I'm checking in, hopefully at least monthly, if needing, you know, sometimes to go longer than that, you know, every couple months. But as a way to really check in with myself, make sure that I'm getting my own tune up and caring for myself so that I can be in a good place, in a good space, mentally and emotionally to hold space for my clients. And it's been one of the best things that I have done for myself in my career. It really has helped me to just have my own self-awareness of, you know, what's going on with me personally and how that can be impacting me in the work that I'm doing. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. When I talk with other colleagues about going to therapy themselves. And and let me back up because the what I'm about to share, it's not like, again, I'm not saying this from a place of judgment or shaming. These are my own thoughts and my own struggles that I have had myself as I have continued to go to therapy or I have thought about going to a different type of therapist, which I have at times. The This is like my own internal dialogue. So this isn't something that I'm saying, oh, well, other people say this. I don't. I have struggled with this too. So I hope you hear that. There can be this pressure that I think we all face as women, as moms, as therapists, that like we're supposed to have it all together. And when it comes from the therapist side, I think we really struggle to admit that we need help ourselves. I think as women and as moms, 
we have a really hard time with that in general. A lot of women and a lot of moms do. But then you add the extra piece of that we're therapists and we should know all the things to do, right? We should know how to care for ourselves because we teach it to our clients. We have studied, we've spent a lot of time going to grad school, getting our licensure, sitting for boards and exams. We've read books. We've gone to conferences and done continuing education credits. We have a degree, right? So the things that we are teaching our clients to do, shouldn't we be able to help ourselves or practice what we're preaching, right? Like it should just be kind of second nature. We don't, we don't need to talk to somebody, right? Or, you know, we may have so many colleagues who are kind of friends or people that we just catch up with that are peers in this field that we can just lean on them for support, right? Or just friends in general. We don't need to see our own therapist. We should be able to just make it work, right? We shouldn't need to seek out support because we are, quote unquote, supposed to be the one to provide support for others. So why would we go talk to somebody else, right? Like we have the knowledge, we have the experience, we have the skills, But the truth is that life is hard. The work we do is hard. It's very hard. And then you add in on top of the work we do as therapists, we have the struggle of balancing challenges of life with a family, with kids, with extended family. If we're in that sandwich generation where we're caring for parents or grandparents and young children as well. We're also, we're running a business where we have a partner or a spouse. Maybe we're experiencing relationship struggles or family of origin trauma. And then add that all into various global and community turmoil that we experience daily or weekly or monthly or yearly, right? Like these are things that are just happening around us. Maybe you've not thought of it this way, but the same reasons that our clients seek us out all the reasons that we can benefit from seeing someone for therapy ourselves. And I know it can be really hard to admit to ourselves, I think I really should talk to somebody, especially if we've never done it. But I think it's really important to remember if we are holding space for others and supporting them in their own mental health, in their own struggles, their own challenges, we really need to ensure that we are in the best emotional and mental space to be able to provide support and therapeutic services for them. I'm not saying we have to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect. I'm not saying that we can't have our own problems and struggles. That's going to happen regardless of whether we are in therapy or not. But we need to make sure that we are in that place that we are okay to provide that service. And so you may be asking, like, what are ways to know that maybe it's time for me to see my own therapist? Maybe you're feeling burnout, whether with business or work or family, or you're questioning how you're in a position to be able to help others. You could probably use therapeutic support. If you are supporting clients around issues that you yourself are struggling with, it is a really good idea for you to seek out therapy for yourself so that you're not as likely to experience you know, what we call a counter-transference. And and I know you all know this. If you have gone to school and are treating people in some kind of mental health capacity. And so I realize and I recognize because I have been, am in, will be in that place where it is hard to admit to ourselves that we need help. 
especially if we're struggling in an area where we usually are the ones to provide support for someone else. So like if we work with teenagers and that's our niche, that's who we typically see as our clients. If we work with teens, yet we are struggling with our own teenager, that can be really hard. You know, we think to ourselves, well, I should be able to help my own kid, right? I should be able to help my own teen. I do this all the time in my office. Or maybe we support women with perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, and we are struggling with our own postpartum anxiety. Perhaps we care for those who've experienced trauma, and yet we have unresolved traumatic experiences that we've not truly addressed. We've we've stuffed or we've just kind of barely scratched the surface or things we did deal with have resurfaced. And so while it can feel like there is something wrong with seeking our own mental health support because we feel like we shouldn't struggle, when I was thinking about preparing this episode, I really had to think about it And the reality is I have yet to ever come across a colleague who has talked or spoken in a judgmental way about another provider actually seeing their own therapist. Like I've never heard somebody say, I can't believe that they're going to counseling. They're a therapist. They should know this all themselves. We work in this field where we celebrate when someone we know tells us, hey, we're going to see a therapist or they say, hey, I'm finally going to go see a therapist, whether this is a friend or a family member, a neighbor, a stranger, right? We're like, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. So if we work in a field where we celebrate somebody taking those steps, why would our colleagues and peers truly think less of us for seeking out support? They're not going to judge us for saying, I think I need to talk to someone. So I really want to take this opportunity to encourage you to check in with yourself. How how are you doing? Like, how are you actually doing? Life can be hard. It's been a challenging, you know, several years for many of us. Some of us are still kind of playing catch up since, you know, the pandemic four years ago because it's just been one thing on top of another. You know, it's okay to say you feel like you're drowning and need support and yet still want to and will continue to help other people. Honestly, since having my third baby, I have definitely felt like I've been drowning. And I know that I'm going to be seeing clients again shortly. And I know that I need to have my mental health in check. And so I'm reaching out to my own therapist again to begin working with them to make sure that I'm in as good of a place as I can possibly be before I start to see clients again. So I really want to encourage you, if you have been thinking about seeking out your own therapist to do so, whether you're struggling personally or relationally, whether it is family related or interpersonal struggles, whether it's issues with friends or family or stress or anxiety or depression to begin seeking out your own counseling. It is okay if you need to talk to somebody. It does not make you a bad therapist. It does not mean that you're not good enough to be treating others. It just makes you human. And seeing your own therapist is a really big way to be able to care for yourself. 
as a therapist, as a woman, and as a mom. So I really want to just encourage you to set a goal to take those steps to make sure that you're prioritizing yourself and your mental health by seeing your own therapist. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode, and I will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.